Welcome to the Ignite Physio Podcast. This podcast inspires physiotherapists and other health professionals to continue learning and growing in their practice and career. We explore professional issues with a fresh lens and delve into topics that help to expand our capacity for growth. This is episode number 42, and I'm Andrew. And I'm Maxie. All right, so today we're, uh, we're sitting back in the lounge, and uh, <laughs> we're not going to say what time it is, but we got a little... <laughs> little uh, glass of beer here. A beverage. <laughs> beverage. <laughs> so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, an article I've been working on around uh, caseload management. Uh, and caseload management has been a topic that I know um, has come up a number of times when I've chatted with new grads. And it's really about how do you how do you get in? How do you keep a, a caseload? Yeah. And so, uh, so I thought, you know, let's 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 talk about that uh, today. The article is not yet published, so it's still in process. It's, it's turning to a bit of an epic article here. Oh, um, don't they all? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, it's a nice, uh, nice simple post, but no, this this uh, this is a re- this is basically culminating about uh, 25 different interviews I did with uh, physios from across the country, and uh, ranging from clinic owners to other seasoned clinicians to newer grads to sort of mid-career physios physios, public practice, private practice, and it was really an eye-opening experience doing these interviews because I thought after about, you know, interview six or seven that I'd be like, well, I'm going to get the same kind of info in this next interview. And, but sure enough, there was always these new insights that people provided that really was like, huh, I hadn't thought about that. And and what's been good has, has been the sort of fresh perspective that it's given me, even in terms of the patients I've been seeing. To say, hang on a second. Like, how am I? How am I going through building that relationship with patients? How am I structuring things? Am I clear in my communication? And there's there's a lot of things that uh, that were brought up and and covered. And so I thought, well, let's let's chat a little bit about that and 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 just sort of start to explore that topic in, in some detail. Well, let's. Can we just back up? Like, why were you doing this? You know, I've been thinking about some different ideas around how do you build the the patient relationship and how do you strengthen that because i think at the end of the day i've i've talked to different clinicians and clinic owners where you know conversation has come up around patients say for example canceling their appointments right it's come up around patients say dropping off after and not completing treatment and and then that's just got me thinking about well you know what what are the the things that help to strengthen that relationship mm-hmm. and and what what does it actually take to really have a good healthy caseload and i've been increasing some of my clinical hours recently and so i, I you know i've sort of been looking at that a little more closely yeah, again yeah, yeah. and that was really sort of this exploration of saying okay well where are people sort of getting the hang-ups around yeah. caseload and especially for new grads i think it's really a daunting a, yeah. a daunting issue and so okay so so did you approach it from how do you develop a caseload and these ideas around relationship mm-hmm. came up through that or did you go in with the lens of of how do you use relationship to develop a caseload yeah yeah no it's a good question i, mean, I so i actually uh, i i kept it fairly broad i was like okay well talk to me about you know what you are doing and what would you recommend around caseload yeah and so what was interesting was that relationship yeah. came out of that. Yeah. And that was a really, really common theme in the, the, the folks I was talking to, especially the seasoned clinicians, yeah. was relationship, relationship, relationship. So what did that mean to them, though? Well, I think it, it really, what, one of the key points that I, th- I thought was consistently brought up was around that first appointment. Like, you have to set 
you have to have that foundational appointment yeah. that that assessment is so much more than just assessing the patient and what what the message that came through in my conversations was that you need to focus on building relationship with that patient in that first that first session and and that is more than just the physical diagnosis right and i think we've we've reduced that first assessment mm -hmm. visit to I need a physical diagnosis yeah. and I need to give my plan, you know, the treatment plan to my patient and check, check, I'm done, right? And instead, what came out of those conversations was that no, you need more. You need to actually be looking at how am I building and fostering that relationship with that patient so that there's that anchor, right? There's that, there's that foundation that now everything can be built off. There's a trust, there's a, a confidence mm -hmm. in terms of moving forward. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, so I'm going to, push against that a little bit yeah. from two vantages. Yeah. First vantage is that I would say that providing a diagnosis, mm -hmm. a plausible explanation for what's going on, working with the patient to mm -hmm. develop some sort of a, a trajectory, mm -hmm. like a plan, mm -hmm. you know, that that actually develops uh, yeah, the absolutely. relationship, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. that diagnosis yeah. actually lends to your credibility absolutely. as a therapist yes. with help develop yeah. trust. Yeah. However, I, what I'm, what I'm hearing is, is it, it seems like these therapists were, were saying this isn't this mechanical thing where you go in, you assess, you diagnose, you leave. It's like a dried out sponge, right? Exactly. And, and it's like, no, you actually have to, you know, put the sponge in some water and have it inflate or have it mm -hmm. get saturated. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that there's other things that come into to consideration when you're talking about developing a relationship or that first session. Yeah. Then the second vantage point, and I think we're going to talk about this article in a future podcast okay. maybe, was the recent article I think that came out from Australia talking about what patients wanted yeah. um, from physical therapists yeah. and a diagnosis is one of them. Yeah, a yeah. plan is one of yeah. them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Education is another one. Yeah. So, so I think that I'm, I guess, you know, from my sort of experience with the, you know, the work that I've done with studying the therapeutic relationship, that all of those things, I don't want it to get divided. No, no, it's true. And, and I think that there was definitely a, a recognition and, and, and that, that there was this common understanding that, yes, you do need to do a good diagnosis. You do need to, I mean, that is why people are coming to us, yeah. right? I mean, they're not coming to just have a chat and build a relationship yeah, with their, you know, Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I think that one of the other key things was around really having a clear communication of what the treatment plan was. Because I think that, you know, what I heard from some of, you know, especially more of the seasoned clinicians was that they said that what they would often see is, you know, where patients would walk up to the front to say, rebook. And then they would ask, okay, well, what's, you know, how many sessions do you need to book or what's going on? Yeah. And they're like, well, I don't really know. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. and I think that that applies to, you know, what, how many sessions, you know, they need and whatever else and what, but also it's like, okay, well, what are, what are the, what are the stages of treatment that we're going to go through? Like, what are the sort of the, the, the key uh, milestones that we need to yeah. reach? If a patient doesn't understand that, what I heard from people, and I mean, I was also from my own experience is that they're not going to buy in, right? Because they don't really know sort of where they're going. And I think that that's often a, you know, a, a challenge is that, you know, often pa patients, if they are not given that, then they will say, oh, well, I'm not in pain anymore. So I guess I'm done, right? Because that was sort of what I came in for without recognizing that there was a bigger goal here, right? Yeah. That obviously they had maybe talked about, but again, maybe not as pressing at that point either, right? So, so I think really clearly communicating that treatment plan was a really important component that was stressed in, in the conversations I had. Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder about, 
like if a patient goes to the front mm-hmm. and is saying, oh, I'm going to book the front staff is saying, well, how many sessions do you need to book? Or, yeah. and I'm going, okay, well, I mean, that may just have been something that's left out just of the, oops, forgot to say yeah. that. Or maybe it's, it's an indication of something a little more deeper within that, within how the, the therapist is, is interacting and engaging with mm. the patient to develop that plan, yeah. right? Yeah. You yeah. know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And so, so if you're having a therapist who's, who's telling, you know, the patient, this is what the treatment plan is mm-hmm. versus, okay, we've talked about this. This is what I'm hearing. This is the direction we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, we're going to do this over this number of weeks mm-hmm. and then, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's might be something a little more systemic within how that therapist is interacting or engaging. Exactly. Right. And I, and I mean, and again, it can be one of those things where you just ran out of time and you didn't specify exactly the number of yeah. sessions and when they should be coming. Or yeah, it could definitely be an issue where how good of a job are you actually doing in terms of communicating that plan, but also not only communication, but how well is the patient actually receiving that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's there exactly. It's like, are you getting mm-hmm. what we're, where we're going? Yeah. Right. And I think one of the things that has really, you know, stood out to me as I've reflected on sessions that I've done since all these interviews was around just, a, I think, a more of an appreciation of what patients go through when they're seeing a therapist for the first time, right? Because I, I was like, you know what? Like, we, we, I think we overestimate how much patients take in, you know? Like, I mean, here they're coming to a person they may have literally have no previous interaction with. They may or may not have, it may not have been a recommendation or not, who knows, right? So again, there's sort of a trust gap there potentially, right? They're likely in pain. You're now moving their body in ways that probably aren't, isn't very comfortable for them. Now you're telling them a bunch of info that may or may not make a whole lot of sense to them. And and you may or may not have provided any relief to them in that session. So there may even be sort of an expectation gap in terms of what's coming on. So I just have really developed an appreciation for the the level of stress that a patient can be under while they're they're having yes. an assessment. And so I think that we have to recognize yeah. that their ability to internalize what we're telling them could be compromised. Well, and it's a, it's a common thing. Like, you know, okay, so first, first comment, response. What, what I was thinking when you were saying that was, you know, they're coming in in, in a varying degrees of distress, yep. right? You know, for various reasons, severity of the injury, yep. impact they're having on their life. Also, how they deal with and manage and cope and, and you know, and how it's affecting. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Well, There's a lot of factors that are influencing yeah. the distress, level of distress that that person's coming in with. Yeah. How they respond to trauma and their trauma response as well. So, lots of things. But then, so they're coming in with distress. But then being evaluated, mm-hmm. being observed, judged, being judged yeah. is also a stress, mm-hmm. right? So there's this coupling or this sort of add-on leveraged Absolutely. distress, yeah. right? Yeah. That Or, or stress. Yeah. It's not any distress, but stress, yeah. right? And some people, it's very challenging for them to be looked at, to be yeah. evaluated, to be seen, yeah. right? Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's, it's um, very kind of disruptive. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, so when you're talking about then how much do people take in? Oh, and then this is the other piece of it. You know, I mean, I remember when my mom, my parents have gone through some health challenges, right? And because I'm the, I'm the health, I'm the healthcare provider in here in Edmonton, you know, I'm, 
I'm the one who's going to all the appointments with yeah, them, right? Yeah. And I mean, all of the things that you've said in terms of, of you know, they they don't know their bodies necessarily, so they're not, the information that they're getting yeah. is compl complicated and they're not familiar with, the language they're not familiar with. Healthcare providers often don't, well, I shouldn't say healthcare providers, but physicians, certainly when they figure out that I'm a physical therapist, they start talking a lot differently and they feel more comfortable. Hey, I just wanted to have a quick pause to introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, Soul. They're off-the-shelf moldable insoles, and it's the brand of insoles that I recommend to my patients and have for years. The reason I recommend them is that they're heat moldable by the patient, they've got a great arch support, and they come with options to help with different foot issues. It's really easy for customers to order, and when you refer them to Soul, they get free shipping and 10% off. Make sure to check them out at yoursoul.com forward slash health dash professionals. That's Y-O-U-R s-o-l-e dot com forward slash health dash professionals all right back to the show right and so so it's like they it, it's it changing our language to to match where that patient is at so that they understand so that they can digest it but also like my parents I, like there's a lot of information that gets doled out, right? Oh I write stuff down, yeah. right? Yeah. So when you're going, when you're going in, you're in a certain level of distress, uncertainty. You know, even to say that you're going to write things down, mm -hmm. right? As a patient, that's hard. Like you can't even do that, yeah. right? So you know, I think what I'm hearing you say is that it's that you have, a, like you said, like a degree of empathy yeah. for for I'm even getting all like you know stressed out right now talking about how stressful it would be to be a patient. Yeah. Right. But I think it's, it, and that's been something that I've really been trying to become more cognizant of is like, okay, hang on. I, I really like to provide education, right? But then I'm like, well, hang on a second. Am I providing too much education in that yeah. first? Can they even take that in, right? Yeah. And so even though I'm like, okay, I know that education is really important, <laughs> is the receiver able to, to actually receive that, yes. that information? Yes. And then what am I doing to ensure that that I've been heard, right? That, but that they've also been able to take in what we've talked about, that they actually understand what's going on. And that then ties into another key point. And, and it was something that I um, had interviewed Bram Jam about. And it was just what he had stressed, and I thought that was really good, is that we don't do enough to focus on the positive of what's going on. Because I think we forget, again, how stressful it is for a patient to hear oh, they got a problem, right? And we sort of focus on what's wrong with the patient rather than saying, well, actually, there's nothing sinister going on here. Like, there's actually a lot of good things, you know, we've got to... And, and, and providing a little better context in terms of what we're actually... What we've found from our assessment and, and still putting it in, in a very sort of positive light, assuming that obviously that things are positive, right? But, you know, I, I, I even recognize for myself that I'm like, ah, oh, like, where is it in my own experience where I'm maybe wanting to highlight that there's a bunch of things wrong because I wanted to show that I provided value to the patient, mm -hmm. but then hang on a second, what is that doing yes. in terms of the, the patient experience? Yeah. And is that in the best interest for the patient? Yeah. Right. And so that's been another thing that I've like, okay, how am I, how am I yeah. using my words and, and mm -hmm. how am I framing things? And then again, where is my own ego coming in? that I sort of have to feel like I've, mm -hmm. I've found something, something. <laughs> found. Yeah. right? This explorer yeah. that has found something, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you said, you certainly said a lot there. I mean, when you were talking about the amount of education, it just, you know, a, an image of a thunderstorm, mm -hmm. you know, came to mind in that 
you know, you get this deluge, yeah. right? And how much sinks in and how much runs off, yes. <laughs> right? And you think, oh, we got this rain, right? But Oh, your plants didn't really get saturated because most of it's run off. Exactly, right? Yeah. And especially when that's a session where, again, they may have a certain level of stress just being in that session mm -hmm. and their ability to absorb that they're already in a, in a slightly distressed state, even though they may not recognize that, they may not say I'm stressed, they may feel like they're totally fine, but the recognition is that they're likely still, there's a low grade stress potential there. And so again, their ability to absorb is going to be compromised. Yeah, and you know what you're also talking about in terms of the we we alluded to this in a previous podcast around resources and mm -hmm. and celebrating mm -hmm. kind of successes exactly. with patients. Yeah. I think it, it um, there was a I don't know if you follow Gilletta Belton. Um, she's at at my cuppa C U P P A Joe J O. She's a she's a patient, mm -hmm. right? For, mm -hmm. Comes from a pa or, or or tweets from a patient perspective. Sure. Yeah. Has spoken about just put up a beautiful blog deep very deep very vulnerable mm. blog post about about you know how language matters mm -hmm. right and you know being a patient who you know has gotten all of the diagnoses or this isn't moving here this is that and there and we know that that happens right and that can be very it can be very very impactful mm -hmm. in a negative way mm -hmm. on people however there's also there's i think there's also this balance because i was recently reading as well about you want to want you want to know what we we can't being this sort of ungenuine i don't know if that's a word or yeah. not disingenuous i'll say yeah. in terms of being positive mm. you know what i mean yeah. like this sort of um I'm going to spin this into a positive and yeah. I'm going to be happy and joyful about yeah. the fact that, you know, you know, yeah. you, well, you could, you could be, it could be much worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, that, that we actually have to let people be mm -hmm. in pain mm -hmm. and we have to be a wit, we can be a witness to that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and that we can be transparent in terms of on assessment and from hearing you and from looking at your, you yeah. know, the results from yeah. your different tests, yeah. this is my professional opinion yeah. on exactly. what's happening here. Yeah. And we're going to be able to make progress with exactly. this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I was just thinking that maybe even the better word than say being positive is I yeah. think this idea of reassurance, right? right? I think that, I think that when, you know, we sometimes forget how lonely it can be when we're in pain. Right. And, and how, you know, depending again, sort of the context of, you know, person and their, their, the, the, the roles they play in life outside of coming for that visit, right. They may have to be the rock in their, their life and they may not feel like they can actually open up around how much they actually are yeah. struggling with this. Yeah. Right. And so can we be that a little bit of that safe place for them? And, and again, sort of provide a little bit of that reassurance and sort of whatever yeah. various ways we can. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, was it was refreshing and encouraging to hear that there was this emphasis on relationship yeah. right because again i didn't even try to draw that out yeah. it really just came up yeah. you know again and again what about the younger therapists what about the more novice therapists like how how can you do you have a sense of yeah i think there was i think there was definitely a recognition that this idea that you know patients need to buy into the treatment and i think that there was also an acknowledgement of like, well, what if I just don't have confidence with my diagnosis, right? Yeah. How do I navigate that scenario yeah. when, you know, maybe I haven't seen 30 shoulders like the one that's presenting in front of me right now, right? How do I still convey that, that confidence? How do I still build that trust and that alliance with the patient in a way that, 
you know, may, may come a lot easier for a more seasoned clinician where they can just speak from experience. And, and, and one tip that, that I thought was really uh, quite helpful was recognizing that you can maybe lean a little more on the, on the research, right? Say, okay, well, the evidence says this, or, you know, even though your clinical experience may not be able to support you in that as much, right? Because there's just less clinical experience to come from, right? I think that there was a recognition to say, okay, are there other ways to build that trust? But I think that, I think it's a real, a real concern for the newer grads. And it's something that I think probably warrants some further sort yeah. of uh, looking into, right? Because it, it, it's sort of a bit of, you're like, you sort of yeah. feel like you're in this sort of desert in the, in, you know, at, until you sort of get enough experience to be able to speak to something, right? And yeah. Well, and it, I, I don't know, maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, but it's making me think about the idea of over pathologizing and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if, if, so I, to, uh, I mean, yeah, there's, you want there's a lot of research on low back pain. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, we shouldn't be over pathologizing no. low back pain. No. No. <laughs> right. Um, and we should, should be bringing in the literature in terms of, of, you know, what basically how we can move forward and what we can expect yeah. in terms of progression. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And be reassuring yeah. in, in, and having, having our, our assessment findings be reassuring yeah. in that exactly. perspective. Right. And, and, and not overcomplicating our uh, assessment and treatment yeah. techniques either. Right. I mean, I think that that's the other. Well, and that feeds into diagnosis okay. because as soon as we start, as soon as we start buying in, too deeply into a particular method of treatment, mm-hmm. whether it be manual therapies and the slip this is and yeah. rotated sacrums yeah. and all yeah. of that, that once again, it, it, there's a slippery, there's a slope of, of you know, patients may go, okay, well, yeah, hey, you want to know what? Some patients may say, well, okay, that makes sense to me. We can correct that. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a, it's, it seems plausible to them. Yeah. However, there isn't literature to support that. No, no. But then there's other patients that hang their hat on that, yeah. right? That they're like, oh, well, I've got a, I've got a, you know, my back is out or my, you know, slip disc or, you know, whatever. And then now all of a sudden they, it's, it's their identity starts to, yeah. to fuse around that. Right? Exactly. So it, it's kind of like, you know, I think stick with, stick with what we know. Mm-hmm. Don't, I would be caution against buying into deeply. Or, or explaining things too religiously mm-hmm. to a specific method, mm-hmm. right? Because because then it, it becomes yeah it it, it it can become too diagnostic. So it's it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. And I think that that yeah that ties into something else that you know came up in the interviews around you know avoiding that non-threatening language you know which is something that mm-hmm. I mean we sort of talk about a lot in terms of <laughs> general theme, but I, but I think that we. You know, even before we started uh, recording this session, we were talking a little bit about self-reflection and, and yeah. you know, and what do you self, you know, what do you reflect on, right? And I think that even taking that step back to say, okay, what kind of language am I using, right? And is that can that be potentially received as as threatening by the patient? Yeah. You know, could be a could be a really uh, significant factor, right? Yeah. So, so I think there was there was a lot that we covered, and obviously, I mean, you know, we, we'll probably dive into some more of these things in in future future episodes, but it's been really a, a, a great opportunity to, to get, to glean basically these, these nuggets of, of solid, yeah. uh, <laughs> clinical <laughs> advice and, and just perspectives that I think whether you're a new grad or whether you're, you know, you've been practicing for 30 years, I think yeah. that there's things that, you know, that you'll be able to pull out of what, what I'm writing about. And cause I think that we can always take that step back and say, okay, what, what could I do better here? Have it be, have it be a, 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 like a, a, something to, to leap a, a reflective, exactly uh, like how you're reflecting about your own, your own practice, exactly. you know? And I think, you know, I know we're going to have another one or two or 10 podcasts on, on reflection, yeah. reflective practice, mm-hmm. taking reflection into practice, mm-hmm. learning relationally, all of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. 
I think that that is to be able to, to take something and go, cause you have, like you're saying, Oh, it's been so great. Like I, I've been listening to these, you know, people talk, these mm-hmm. therapists talk about their practice and man, it's made me put a mirror to my practice. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And wow. You know, like, have you taken specific? So I just want to know, like, have you taken actual, this person said this, so I'm going to try that or I'm going to, I'm going to experiment. Oh, I have, a, I have it codified. Yeah. <laughs> I've got like half a, a notebook full of uh, all the notes I was copiously writing down. <laughs> so, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to try specifically that in my practice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there, there was a lot of, you know, really practical tips. There was some real philosophical, yes, you know, yes. ideas that were presented. I mean, cause yeah, there, there's definitely, there's that sort of that, the philosophy of how do we treat patients, right? But then there's also like, okay, what practically yeah, can you yeah, do, exactly. right? And, and I think that there was a, there was a nice blend of that. So, so yeah, so we look forward to uh, sharing some more of these, you know, my, my small R research <laughs> came up with, but I hope you found this uh, podcast helpful. And I, I know we're looking forward to chatting more about these topics, you know, in the months ahead here. Sure. So hopefully in the lounge. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's uh, great having you on the show today. Uh, now, if you've been enjoying the new show, I'd love for you to leave a review on uh, iTunes as this just helps uh, more people find out about the podcast and we'd love to, to get your feedback. And if you want to check out the show notes uh, from the podcast, just go to ignitephysio.ca forward slash podcasts. And if there's any topics that you want us to cover, just uh, shoot us an email at hello at ignitephysio.ca and we'll make sure to get back in touch with you and and see uh, what we can do there. So anyways, thanks for joining us on the show today. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.